and that shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. Is anybody thankful that you know the name above every name? Somebody ought to clap your hands. Somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to do a dance. But whatever you do, do something. Come on. If you need healing, it's just one name, call away. Call the name of Jesus. If you need deliverance, you just call on the name of Jesus and it shows up. All you got to do is call on the name. Call on the name. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, it feels good. Let's do that for a few moments. Let's give God great praise. Hallelujah. We've come to celebrate the God incarnate, that God was made flesh and dwelt among us. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody give God a great hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Amen. Praise God, praise God. Amen. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Why don't you take just a moment and just high-five somebody and tell them, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Tell your other neighbor, I'm glad to see you in the house of the Lord on a Saturday. Amen, amen. As you're returning towards your seats, I want to make a few short announcements. Um, we're going to turn open our Bibles, the book of Luke chapter 2 and verse number 7, if you have your Bibles. And uh, we got a few short announcements. This is uh, our Christmas Eve service. Tomorrow is Christmas Day, and so it is on a Sunday. So we are not having church service here, so we're doing this service in lieu of that. So we want you to go and enjoy time with your family uh, enjoy times with your friends. In fact, uh, you know, if you have the availability, you know, find somebody that maybe doesn't know, have somewhere to go and just invite them into your home because that's the reason for the season is to share Jesus with somebody. We want to let you know about uh, some upcoming announcements that we've got for this upcoming week as we won't have a chance to get them to you aside from on social media. Let's not forget all church prayer is this Tuesday at 7 p.m. Come and pray with us. And then this upcoming Wednesday night is going to be our communion service. So we encourage everybody to come to that. That will be at 7 p.m. as well. And then on Saturday, the 31st, that is New Year's Eve, we are going to be going to Brother and Sister Machado's house at 8.30 p.m. Uh, originally, we had the time set at 7. Some of you might have saw the sign in the back, but it's 8.30 p.m. And we're going to uh, put it at a later time so we can ring in the new year together. It's going to be a time of food and fellowship. There's some sign-up sheets in the back if you want to uh, sign your name up to bring a dish, a dessert, a side dish, or something like that. That way we can make sure we don't go into the new year fasting. Amen. We're going to party and celebrate together. It'll be a great time of uh, food and games. And then uh, one final announcement. Immediately following uh, this 
this service today, immediately following uh, my preaching, we are going to be having food. Everybody say food. Amen. We got some fresh homemade tamales. You won't want to miss that. You've got uh, ch chicken verde. You've got uh, pork and red sauce. It's going to be excellent. Uh, I did a little sampling of them yesterday, and uh, let me just tell you, they are excellent. So uh, chips and salsa, uh, we're going to have some desserts as well. So we want to encourage you to stay uh, and not run off. We've got uh, a spot set up for you in the back where we're going to just celebrate each other's company and, uh, and just spend this Christmas Eve for a little while together. And everybody said amen. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 7. Again, it is good to see all of our guests and our visitors. I have one card here. It's good to have Andy and Melrose in the house of the Lord with us. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in, in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Say to all people. I'm so glad he didn't leave me out of that. How about you? To all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with this angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Amen. I want to I speak and preach to us for a little bit on this subject, the gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands as we pray? Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We thank you today. Thank you for the spirit that we feel in this house. God, I am praying that you would help us today, Lord, that you would, amen, help us to recognize and realize what really happened 2,000 years ago, Lord, and how it is so important to us today. And God, we've come to celebrate you. We've come to worship you. And we're going to give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments. Amen. The gift that keeps on giving. The Christmas season is highlighted to be full of joy and excitement. Hence the terms holly and jolly. I've never quite ever had a holly jolly time, but... If there ever was a moment to have it, it would be right around Christmas time. You know it's Christmas time by all of the decorations being put up. You start noticing your spouse changing the music playlist. At least I noticed that probably back in September. I can't remember what month it was. Uh, you notice it by the purchasing of gifts. You notice it by the planning of parties, the invitations. You might even notice it by the bank statement. Yet with all of these festivities comes a lot of stress. With stress over meals, decorations, finding the perfect gift, so on and so forth. But it is funny to see that sometimes all the things that we stress to get just right seem so unimportant on the actual day of Christmas. 
Christmas presents are probably one of the clearest examples of this. After you've gone and tracked down the perfect gift, we all have been there where either we have been the one to experience it ourselves or we have done it for somebody else. We all track down that perfect gift and we watch as the child abandons the gift and plays with the box instead. What parent in this room has not thought to themselves when that happened, why didn't we just give them a box for Christmas? It sure would have been a lot cheaper. Funny enough, according to the 2012 uh, Play Plus report, one in seven parents report their kids played longer with the Christmas packaging rather than the toys inside. The cardboard box is such a popular children's toy that it was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame in 2005. Generations of children have turned cardboard boxes into dollhouses, spaceships, puppet stages, robots, and so many other things. It's funny to think about all the time and energy that we use to get the gift that's just right. Because when it comes to gift giving, our fundamental hope of the gift is that it fits the receiver. But I've got a question for you today. What if the gift doesn't work? What if the gift is not a perfect fit? We all in this building have experiences at this at one point or another, what it is to receive a bad gift. Can I get an amen from somebody? I know there's some folks in the house, it's the thought that counts. No, it's not. Nope, nope. There, there's such a thing as a bad gift. There's no such thing as a bad gift. And all the moms said that, but they didn't really mean it. It's all right. Uh, everybody's experienced what it is to receive a bad gift, something that doesn't connect at all. So as your pastor, I have for this service researched and found the top five steps that you can take when dealing with a bad gift tomorrow. Because inevitably, you're going to get one at least. Number one, do not lie. It's best to keep quiet. My grandma used to say, and everybody's grandma used to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, but don't exaggerate and don't say something that you don't actually believe. Oh, I love it. No, you don't. That's all right. Number two, thank the giver for the thought, not the gift. This goes back to not lying. Number three, don't overpraise the gift or the giver. Number four, determine where the gift was purchased so that you can return it. And number five, the final step that I give you for your bad gift that you might get tomorrow is to re-gift it. Regifting is when you receive a gift and then you give it away to someone else as if you acquired it for them specifically. The regifting phenomenon has swept our world. It became popularized in 1995. Regifting has its own holiday. It's known as National Regifting Day which happens the Thursday before Christmas. We have all been the recipients or the perpetrators of a re-gift. I remember for my wife and I, when we got married, we got this hideous crystal ball. And uh, it came from one of my wife's best friends. It doesn't seem like a very good friend. And she informed us that she got this crystal ball, uh, not crystal ball, sorry, this crystal bowl as a wedding present on her wedding day. And so she gave it to us for our wedding day. And so what did we do? We wrapped it up and we passed it along to the next wedding that we were invited to. In other words, we found a gift that just keeps on giving. 
Now, this is, this is funny when we talk about stuff, when we talk about uh, things, because we've all done it, got something we didn't really like, and we turn around and thought, well, uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure, and we've handed off and passed it down. In other words, we've just passed, it, passed the buck so somebody else can put it in the trash can. Uh, but but this, this regifting is also something that's found in our nature. And it can be quite sinister when we really consider it, or it can be a great tool. We do this regifting a lot when it comes to emotions. When we are in pain, we often take that pain, we don't process it. Instead, we repackage it and we give it to somebody else. I know I'm not the only one that has done that or experienced that. When we are angry, when we are bitter, when we are offended, we change the to and from label and we give it away again to somebody else. This is what happens when we are regifting the negative things that have happened to us. This is why some people will bleed on those that never cut them. We are living in a world that is suffering from this thing called sin. It was given to us. It came from our bloodline. It came all the way down from Adam and Eve, their sin and their failure. It was passed down to us. And the Bible declares that the wages or the payment for sin is death. There was now no way out. Everybody has inherited this. We have received this gift of sin, this gift of death. It doesn't seem like a good gift. Amen. It's a gift that you don't want to keep. But I've got good news for you today. We are celebrating the incarnation of Christ on this afternoon. Hallelujah. There was a gift given to us, and that gift produced death. But I want to tell you what Jesus did for us on Calvary. Amen. He took our sin. He took our shame. He took our guilt. He took all of the mess. He said, you don't have to keep that. You can give that to me. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Man, we have inherited this this sinful nature Jesus Christ has come that we might inherit a new nature that we can finally get out of this regifting circle where sin enters into the world and death by sin and it cycles from you to me to me to you so on and so forth this was the way of man before Jesus Christ came into the world the Bible tells us that every year the high priest would have to enter into the holy place and he would have to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people for that entire year. We're coming up on the end of the year. I want you to think for a moment. Don't, don't tell it, but I want you to think for a moment of every mistake you've made this year. I want you to think of every time you, you lost your temper when you shouldn't have. I want you to think about every time that you sinned and you know it wasn't right. You didn't do what was the right thing to do before God. Amen. And, and the priest would have to come, and the Bible says there is a remembrance of those things. In other words, it was a gift called sin that just kept coming back. It just kept coming back. It just kept coming back. And the Bible says that after he sacrificed, there was still a remembrance of the sin. Now imagine with me, we're in 2023. We're about to go into 2024. And now the high priest is entering into the holy place. And he's got to sacrifice. But now he's not just remembering the sins of 2023. He's got to remember the sins of 2022 and 2021 
and 2020 and 2019 and, and 1980 and 1960. He's got to go all the way back because the Bible says it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. It is not possible. There was no remedy for this gift that kept coming back to us called sin until Jesus showed up. Hallelujah. I want to help you here today that this, this concept of regifting in our nature, that feeling of hatred or of anger, of pain that we want to press down and give to somebody else, the same is true when we've experienced good things. It's true when we've experienced love because when you really experience love, it's contagious and you want to share it with somebody else. Forgiveness is like this. When you've experienced forgiveness, you want to share it with somebody else. Mercy is like this. When you've experienced mercy, you want to share mercy with somebody else. A world before Christ, uh, amen, it was nothing but night. It was nothing but darkness. Uh, but when the light of the world, Jesus Christ, came into existence and came down and immortality became immortal and infinity became an infant, uh, amen, when Jesus came down, uh, the King of kings and the Lord of lords uh, came down and was born and laid in an earthly manger in ripped garments. It was at that moment a little spark of hope entered into our world. Amen. And now we have, we have got a reason. I want to help you here today for those that, that would say, well, why do we still celebrate Christmas? I'll tell you why. It doesn't matter if you celebrate it on December 25th or June or July. It doesn't really matter. It just matters that you celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ is coming to the world. I want to tell you here today, the reason we celebrate Christmas is because we have experienced the greatest love known to man. Amen. And we, as we are in our, in our human nature that's fallen and we want to share and re-gift things that are negative, I want to re-gift to you today the greatest hope that has ever come into the world. And his name is Jesus. Somebody shout the name of Jesus today. Somebody shout out the name of Jesus. I want to re-gift to this world uh, what we received 2,000 years ago. Uh, there was a gift uh, that has never stopped giving that entered into humanity uh, 2,000 years ago. This was no ordinary gift. Uh, this was the greatest gift uh, that has ever existed or ever will exist. Uh, in a manger in Bethlehem, a little baby by the name of Jesus was born. The Bible says he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Uh, that means he was just strips of garment, uh, amen, that were wrapped together around him. Uh, they did not have much. I want you to think for a moment the humble packaging of Jesus. Amen. This was not much to look at. You think that a king would be born with a lot of fanfare. This is uh, even today when there is some form of royalty, whether it be in England, and there is a baby born. It's on the front page of every newspaper. But I want you to understand that when Jesus was born, it was into humble beginnings. When Jesus was born, this package didn't seem like much. It was just, it was just a, it was ugly wrapping paper. Amen. This was, this, this was just a, a, another commoner to what everybody else would think. But I want to help you here today. This was not just a baby. This was God in flesh. I want you to understand Christmas uh, is a oneness doctrine thing. Uh, Christmas is when we recognize uh, that God became a man. I love the way somebody put it. 
When man could not become like God, God became a man so that man could become like God. Can I help you here today? When you were not able to reach the apex, uh, when you could not reach because of your sin, uh, when you could not reach because of your failure, God came down off of his throne. Uh, he came down in the form of an infant uh, to save the likes of you and I. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise here today. The God of the universe on Christmas left his heavenly throne in the attempt and I love the way that the Bible words it over and over again, that he might. You know, God took a chance that he might, that he might, that he might, that he might find a place in your heart. I want you to understand that God could have stayed on a throne. God could have stayed in a heavenly palace, but God was not looking to stay in a heavenly palace. God wanted to stay in your heart. Hallelujah. God saw the separation that sin had made, and so he came to bridge the gap. And God came. I love the way that John put it. John 3.16, if you want to know about our God, our God is a gift giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to know that when you were, you and I were dead and without hope, the Bible says that Jesus Christ came into this earth uh, to give us hope. The Bible tells us that we were strangers, we were foreigners, we were not able to enter the presence of God. But through the sacrifice of Jesus, we now have access. Romans 5 and 8 says, God showed his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know what I love about, about gifts? Anytime that I receive a gift, I get to enjoy the gift. Amen. I get to enjoy the gift. But I do not know what the gift cost. I do not realize where and how hard that individual had to work for that gift. I was not there when they purchased it. Hallelujah. But I sure enjoy it. Can I help you here today? Amen. When you receive the Holy Ghost, when you receive Christ in you, the hope of glory, you may not know what it costs. Amen. We could talk to you about theology. I could talk to you about Calvary and try to explain it. But the true story is uh, we weren't there that day. We weren't that we were not there that day, uh, Amen. When uh, when 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 Jesus, if we were to take it all the way back, uh, Amen. The first time Jesus experienced pain. We were not there that day, the first time that Jesus, being uh, uh, the stepson of a carpenter, hit his hand with a hammer uh, and realized, oh my goodness, uh, there's something known as pain. Uh, we were not there that day uh, when he was lied on, when they told all sorts of lies about him, uh, and eventually they whipped him, they beat him, and they crucified him. Uh, but I've got good news for you today on this Christmas Eve service. Uh, I do not know. Uh, I was not there, uh, but I sure get to enjoy the gift of freedom. Is there anybody thankful in the house of the Lord? Uh, amen. You can get a gift from God today uh, that is worth more than gold. It's worth more than silver. It's better than a watch. It's better than a phone. It's better than some trinket on earth. Uh, amen. You can enjoy it. You know, the best part, the best part about gifts is it's free for me. If it wasn't free for you, it's not a gift. Bible says, by grace are you saved, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of 
God. You know, this is why Peter preached on the day of Pentecost when they asked him, what must we do to be saved? He said to them, repent. Yeah, there's, there's some steps you're going to have to take. Just like tomorrow, there's some steps you're going to have to take if you want what's in the box. You're going to have to unwrap some things. You're going to have to pull off some tape. There's some things that are going to happen. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And I love this. He said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know how you receive a, go, a, a gift? You just receive it. When they offer it to you, well, I, I just, you know, and this, I've got to talk to somebody that, that they need to understand that, that the reason we still allow people to do gifts and we utilize gifts is because it, it shows forth a greater principle. Well, I didn't pay for it. Receive the gift. Well, I didn't go shopping for it. Receive the gift. Well, I, I, I couldn't earn it. It's all right. Receive the gift because you didn't pay for it, but somebody else did. You didn't pay for it, but somebody's offering it to you. And I've come to tell somebody here today, amen, that there's a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, which is Christ in you, uh, amen, day after day, uh, when you need joy, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Uh, when you don't know what to do, the Bible says it'll lead you into all truth. Uh, when you feel all by yourself, uh, the Bible says the Holy Ghost is the comforter, which is God in you. I want to help somebody today. Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. But the reason he did that is so that that same spirit which was in Christ Jesus would quicken your mortal body. That same spirit would then be inside you and I. Would you lift up your hands all across this building? Hallelujah. Come on. Let's pray all across this building. Come on, he loved you when you when you didn't have when you didn't have anything to give him back. It was a gift. He forgave you when you couldn't do anything about it. It's a gift. He fills you with the Holy Ghost, his spirit inside you when you could do nothing for it. It's a gift, but you got to receive it. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. In fact, let's stand across the building, lift up our hands. Come on, let's pray all across this building. Come on, when you get that gift of the Holy Ghost, all you got to do is say thank you. All you got to do is say thank you. All you got to do is give him praise. All you got to do is worship him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You don't have to do anything for it. You just got to receive it. You just got to receive it. You just got to receive it. When those shepherds were in that field, they didn't realize that what they were looking at was the greatest gift ever given to a mortal. Everybody else saw just another baby, another commoner. But that angelic visitation let them know this is something much greater than that. He said, I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people church I want to help you here today 
and talk to you about Jesus for just a moment. This is a gift that is not exclusive. This is not a gift that only a few can have. This gift of salvation is available to all people. This is available to you, available to your family. This is available to your friends, and this is available to your enemies. This is good tidings of great joy to all people. And why is it great? Why is this a great gift? Because in the city of David, they said, is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. When we celebrate Christmas, I want you to understand when we're giving gifts and doing all that, if that's your tradition, not everybody does that. It's not the trinket. It's not the object. It's a remembering that one day somebody gave us the greatest gift ever afforded to mankind. And that was God in flesh that died for you and I, was buried for you and I, and rose again for you and I. And then decided, I, I didn't do all that just so you could celebrate religious days, but I did that so that I could fill your heart through my spirit. And so that every day, see, religious folks, they just celebrate Christmas and Easter. That's all they do. They celebrate that, and they celebrate once a year. But when you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can celebrate it on Monday. You can celebrate it on Tuesday. Hallelujah. You don't just get the benefits once a year, but you get the benefits every single day. When you fall and you make a mistake, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a gift that keeps on giving. The Bible says in his presence there is fullness of joy. Well, I, I'm living in a world that's depressed. I'm living in a world that's all messed up. I'll tell you what we need to do, church. This is good tidings, great tidings, and glad, great things that is to be for all people. Jesus came to the world. He said, I am the light of the world. And then he passed the baton to you and I. And he said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. When you receive Jesus, when I'm talking about when you receive that Holy Ghost on the inside of you, when you, when you receive God's forgiveness for you, when you obey his scriptures, you receive that gift. But I want to help you. As we, as we give gifts one to another, I want you to realize that it's not just to stay right there. But this gift was meant to be passed on to somebody else. Brother Ryan, can you help me? I want you to hand that to somebody else. Just find somebody. Keep it going. Just hand it to somebody else. But you might want to turn the light on. It, it came out. They gave me the faulty one. I don't know what happened. Just hand it to somebody else. Hand it to somebody else. Just keep passing it down. Church, in this next year, that's what we need to do with Jesus. We need to find somebody else. And we need to hand him the greatest gift that was ever given. Would you lift up your hands all across this building? Come on, let's pray. Thank you for the greatest gift, God. In fact, I know it's our Christmas Eve service, but I want to tell you this is what we do. I want you to come down to the front. And would you come? 
Maybe you're here today and, and you've just known nothing but hurt, known nothing but pain, known nothing but guilt. That's all you've experienced in your life. And it seems like a cycle that just keeps reverberating in your world. I want to tell you today, you can, the Bible says, Jesus said, you can exchange with me. You can give me your burdens. You can give me your hurts. You can give me your pains. Jesus will take them. He won't give them to somebody else. Instead, he said, I'll give you. I'll give you good things for your bad things. I'll give you joy for your pain. I'll give you peace for your discomfort. Amen. When you come to this altar, I want you to lift up your hands and say, God, you can have all this other stuff. But you also got to be willing to receive the good things. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness. God's not looking to hurt you. Uh, God's looking to bless you. Come on. Come on. If you've already received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want you to pray of the Holy Ghost right now. Come on. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You step down into darkness. Open my eyes. Let me Come on, let God exchange with you. Let him take all the hurt and the pain that you keep passing around to everybody else. Let him give you hope instead. Let him give you joy instead. Let him give you peace instead. Let him give you strength where you've been weak. Let him give you hope where you felt hopeless. Give him your depression. Give him your anxieties. Give him your fears. Let him fill you with faith. Let him fill you with peace. this building and let's worship the Lord. If you become a recipient of the gift of Jesus Christ, would you just worship him and give him thanks today? Junk, God, so I can be filled with you. I 
So he can fill your heart. 